Welcome to the eighth episode of the Cornell Policy Review Podcast. My name is Agosa Asimoda, and I am the Senior Content Editor at The Review. Our podcast explores a variety of policy issues through interviews with figures from around the world. In this episode, Ming Li Zhao, an Associate Editor at the Cornell Policy Review, had a chance to sit down with Dr. Julie Ajinkya, the Director of Applied Research at the Institute for Higher Education Policy. Dr. Ajinkya directs the Institute's projects that focus on increasing degree completion at the metropolitan and regional levels. Prior to joining the Institute, Dr. Ajinkya worked at the Center for American Progress, where she focused primarily on underserved populations and the impact that demographic change has on a diverse portfolio of policy issues. Her work at the center culminated in the production of a book titled All in Nation, an America that works for all, which argues that equity is the best model for economic growth and lays out a federal policy blueprint to close gaps between racial and ethnic groups. Dr. Ajinkya also serves as a visiting professor of government at Cornell University's campus in Washington, D.C., where she teaches an advanced undergraduate seminar on race, inequality, and public policy. In this interview, Dr. Julia Jinkia discusses the Institute for Higher Education Policy's approach to achieving equity in higher education and how the Institute transforms its research into practice. Today, we're going to talk about higher education policy, and we have um, Dr. Julia Jinkia uh, with us today. So, could you tell us a bit about the Institute for Higher Education Policy? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. It's nice to be talking to you today. So, the Institute for Higher Education Policy is a nonpartisan policy research and advocacy organization based in Washington, D.C., um, that focuses on improving post-secondary access and success, specifically for the nation's most underserved students. We're very proud this year to be celebrating our 25th anniversary and to be continuing to really lead the field in pursuing um, equitable post-secondary education for the nation's students. So uh, what is your role as the director of applied research? So um, as the vice president of applied research at IHEP, I lead the pieces of our research portfolio that really try to translate our research into actionable research. And it's very practitioner facing. So uh, we try to translate the research that we conduct into um, formats such as learning experiences, social media campaigns, videos, infographics that will resonate with folks. And then we also, um, you know, try to bring folks together to learn about the research in real time. What do you think is the most critical issue right now in post-secondary education and that needs attention from policymakers in this country? So I think that one of the most critical uh, issues that post-secondary education is facing right now is the question of who deserves a post-secondary education and 
that allows us to shine a spotlight on some of the nation's most underserved individuals who happen to be incarcerated. Um, I think we know from a lot of strong research that our criminal justice system is in fact broken. And so there are huge populations that are cut off from post-secondary education because of the ways our laws have actually said that the students who are currently incarcerated will not receive federal financial aid, which means they can't afford to go to college. So I think that higher education institutions need to figure out a way to get more coursework into prisons so that we can really see the transformative potential of education practice. So as the director of applied research, how do you manage to transform your research into practice and impact? For example, working with policymakers or executive officers on implementation. Mm -hmm. So on the applied research team, we like to really work with a strategy that we've called learning labs. These are interactive learning experiences that we design for different stakeholders. We'll bring together uh, multi-member teams from different cities, and often these teams are made up of individuals from different sectors, so leaders in the business sector, senior leaders of higher education institutions, of K-12 systems, um, of community-based organizations, and we bring them together to actually learn about helpful strategies that are closing equity gaps in education, learn from their counterparts in other cities who are responsible for um, successful interventions and strategies, and we design the whole learning experience in a way that inspires these teams to go home and implement these action plans. So I know that one of the institute's focus is post-secondary education for underserved students. So what is underserved student like referring to? Is it about racial groups, low-income households, or students with previous criminal records? Yeah, so underserved students really apply to students who come from populations that have been historically disadvantaged. And so what we want to do is redefine who is understood to be the 21st century student, because today's students are actually increasingly um, students who are coming from low-income backgrounds, communities of color, students who are managing work-life balance issues, so they're taking care of young children, they're taking care of elderly parents, students are increasingly working part-time and even full-time while pursuing their studies. Students are coming back from active service, so returning vets are also part of these student populations. So we, when we refer to underserved students, we are trying to pull back the curtain on which populations have been historically disadvantaged to ensure that they have equal opportunity moving forward. So what efforts have been made by the Institute to increase equity in education for these students? And what are the outcomes right now that you have complete, com accomplished? So one model that we've looked to um, has been about re-engaging students who have stopped out of education. And uh, through an effort we call degree reclamation, it's about helping students who started college. In many cases, they actually earned enough credits to get their first degree, um, the associate's degree, and they just stopped out without 
having a degree to show for all of their hard work. So one of our efforts um, actually called Project Win-Win helped over the course of three years, helped higher education institutions look at their data in a new way to figure out who were these students who actually could be awarded degrees retroactively. And then who were the students who were just shy of the finish line? And how could we help find those students, bring them back, and help them cross the finish line? Over the course of three years um, and collectively with another model in the field that was helping students get their degrees through reverse transfer, we actually saw 20,000 new associates degrees awarded. And so now we are at the beginning of scaling these efforts to 32 states around the country for the next three years. And next month, we will be actually launching a public initiative um, called Degrees When Due. Well, that sounds great. Prior to joining IHEP, the Institute for Higher Education Policy, um, you worked at the Center for American Progress, um, which in which your work at CEP culminated in the production of a book titled All in Nation, an America that works for all. So could you tell us a bit about the book? And I think it's really inspiring. Sure. So the, the major thesis of the book is that equity should be understood as uh, a strong growth model for the country, because as the country is experiencing rapid demographic change, the communities who were previously thought of as minorities are collectively the new majority. And so what does it mean in all of these policy areas if um, individuals from previously thought of mm -hmm. minority populations are facing disproportionate you know, disparities and not at the same level of educational attainment or employment as their um, peers from the, the majority. And so thinking about how we need to close equity gaps to see national growth is really at the heart of this book. And so I was one of the editors of the book and I published a couple of chapters, one on job policies and another in criminal justice reform. But the book really takes on different policy issues in each chapter and the um, continuous thread is that equity should be seen as um, an opportunity for the country moving forward. And what do you think the equity among all the people has positive impact to American economic future as a whole? I think it's actually our saving grace um, because, you know, we look at our um, industrialized peer countries and, you know, many countries are going through the same sort of graying demographic crisis of having um, individuals sort of age out of the workforce, but not having the young workforce ready to replace them. Mm -hmm. And in America, we actually have, because of immigration, mm -hmm. we have the young talent that could actually save our workforce. And so I think we need to pay attention to helping our young people succeed by closing these equity gaps so that we can, in fact, take advantage of our natural talent um, and not face the same type, same type of demographic crisis that other countries are facing. That's really nice to hear. So what do you think is most challenging when you are working with policymakers to make this impact? And how do you manage this working dynamics to reach optimal results in the end? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's challenging to um, 
capture policymakers' attention because there is so much going on yes. at any given time, and all of it is important. And so the question is, how do we, how do we rise above the noise? of everyone asking for everything. And, you know, I think the way we do it is to connect higher education to what this country is fundamentally meant to be about, which is allowing everyone to succeed with opportunity and um, resources and just allowing individuals to pursue the American dream and connecting education to the importance of that American dream. So, you know, I think it sounds very lofty, but it's when we connect education to all of these other important pieces in everyone's lives that I think it's easier to capture policymakers' attention. Well, I think it's really inspiring. And I think um, higher education policy is really important for our future generations, especially to gather all these young people to participate in the labor market. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you.